you don't have to give all of yourself to 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 love someone welcome to bad is with business i am your host Mallorn hodge come with me on a journey as i create a space to chat with black women about their aspirations struggles and learnings within business learn and grow as we talk about how being a baddie and business go hand in hand. So baddie, tell us about yourself. Hello, uh, my name is Zoe. I currently live in Baltimore, Maryland, originally from Brooklyn, New York. And I would like to consider myself a baddie with a growing and booming business. (laughs) Okay. Um, So Tell me a little bit more about you, Zoe. Like you said, you, you're from Brooklyn. Like, what what you like to do? Long walks on the beach? Maybe not, but. So um, one thing I love to do is I love to write. And, you know, that passion for writing actually is what started my business. I wrote a poetry book. I published a poetry book in May of 2020 in the midst of pandemic. So, you know, it kind of, it kind of impacted my kind of rollout for my book, but, you know, poetry and writing has always been one of my favorite things to do, mostly because it it taught me how to express myself in different ways. And um, it actually brings things out of other people. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty good writer. So that's one of my favorite things to do. I also love to sing, which is something that (laughs) is kind of different. I don't sing in public, but I love to sing, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, what's your favorite go-to karaoke song? On and On by Erica Badu. Okay. Every time, without fail. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. So let's dig into, you can share more about your book because we'd love to know more about that. But also let's dig into There She Pros. Okay, so before there was There She Pros, there was The Proser. And that's what I used to call myself. That was my little pen name. And under The Proser is what I published my book under. And so my book is called Give Me My Flowers. And it's all about the journey to and through self-love as a woman. And, you know, what I think is really unique and special about this book is that it covers every step of this stage. It doesn't only talk about heartbreak. It doesn't only talk about, you know, self-love. It doesn't only talk about all these different parts that are part of this journey. It talks about all of it. And so, you know, a lot of the feedback that I've gotten about my book is that women are able to identify with the different parts. Some people only can identify with the darkness, with the depression, with the ugliness of, you know, this journey. And other people are somewhere in between where they're learning to love themselves and also learning about romantic love. And then some people are fully, fully just full of self-love and, you know, and they identify with that part portion of the book. So that was my baby. Give me my flowers is what really started this journey. And then after I published this book, I looked at give me my flowers as more of a statement. Give me my flowers. And what does that mean to me? Give me my flowers to me means like, you know, demanding as a woman the respect and the honor that I deserve here in this lifetime. Don't give it to me when I'm dead and I can't smell them no more. And, you know, and they do me no good. I want to hear now, you know, and I want to be able to tell the story and tell the truth about my life and my experiences without feeling like who I am as a woman, you know, 
should deter me from being able to do that. And so Give Me My Flowers became like a statement. And so I was like, I'm going to put this statement on a shirt. <laughs> and so from there, like, you know, it turned into shirts and hoodies. And so now, like, um, Give Me My Flowers is under my LLC, There She Pros. And under There She Pros, I'm hoping to really just like, you know, grow my Instagram following um, with, you know, full of woman empowerment, full of, you know, encouragement and relatable content. And then also create things that are beautiful that men and women can wear that are just kind of like demanding that you give me my flowers. <laughs> I appreciate how you're like, give me my flowers, but it's not just like recognize me and honor the things that I'm doing while I'm still alive, but it's like honoring the things that I'm bringing as a woman, as a black woman, as a black woman in America, as a black woman, where you are in your field. And so I think that's really powerful that you're just bringing in that layer of give me all of my flowers, give me my bag, slide me my coins. Thank you. <laughs> it's real. I think that as a, you know, as a woman in this country, and then on top of that, the intersectionality of being a black woman, I think that um, oftentimes we're not allowed to feel things publicly. So I'm, so I have this facade of I'm the strongest person in the room. I'm the smartest person in the room. I'm the most insert whatever here in the room. And so there's no space for, you know, softness and weakness and and vulnerability in society's eyes. But in reality, women, Black women, we are strong and we are sensitive. We are smart and we are, you know, inquisitive. We are all these different things. We're vulnerable and all these different elements of who we are. And I think that this journey for me was about recognizing that I can be one thing plus this thing. And even if the two things are completely opposite of each other, I'm allowed to be both. And so give me my flowers. Yes, I'm yes, I'm sassy. Yes, I'm smart. Yes, I'm sensitive. All these different things, you know, and that's okay. And we're not a monolith, so we're not all going to like move around like robots and do the same thing. So we have feelings and we can feel all the feelings, Um, all of them. So and thinking about all the feelings that you have had as a black woman in the pandemic and then starting writing a book and then starting this venture or continuing on this venture. What are some learnings that you've had throughout this short journey that you've had thus far? Okay. Um, there's so many things that I've learned about myself. Um, primarily is that I will say starting with myself, I feel like I learned that I'm a lot more capable of greatness than I give myself credit for. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of times where we diminish ourselves because comparison is the killer of joy, right? So I would look at other poetry books and other women in poetry and I'm like, dang, they are popping. They are lit. Like their stuff is selling. They got all these followers. They selling all these books. And I'm like, hmm, my little poetry book, mm, it's cute, right? And then my poetry book debuted number one on Amazon for women in poetry. And it's just me. Literally, I had no promo, no, just like telling my friends, like, hey, sis, buy this book you know, pass it on. And so it grew and grew and grew. And I was like, dang. And I was sitting there doubting myself. And I think that, you know, there is space for, you know, comparison in the field. There is space to say like, you know, oh, look at what this person's doing, but don't look at what this person's doing as what you cannot do. Right. And so it's okay to, I I think maybe comparison isn't the right word. Right. 
I think a better word is like, you know, you can look at other people and use it as inspiration and motivation. And they may have bigger platforms and bigger audiences and all these things. But what's most important is, is you look at them and you can set a goal like, I want to be like this person. I want to walk down the street and see and give me my flower shirt. Right. And so there's all these, you know, different things that, you know, you can use kind of what can sometimes be like a negative feeling like of comparison and turn it into turn it into motivation. And so I learned that I'm a lot more capable than I was giving myself credit for. So when that kind of like sunk in and I just started looking into who I was as a creative and I wouldn't even call myself at one point, I wouldn't even necessarily call myself creative. I was a writer. I was a poet. I was turning my experiences in my life into works of art. And then I couldn't see how that was creative. Right. So I was like saying, I'm only a poet. That's it. That's all I have. That's all I bring to the table. If y'all gonna like it, that, that's it. And then I think that throughout this journey, I learned a lot more about what it means to be creative and how we like to put creativity in a box and saying, if I can't do this like that person, or if I can't do this up to other people's standards, then my creativity is limited. When in reality, I'm a lot more creative than I gave myself credit for. And I think that changed my ideas about other people's creativity and accepting and, and, and acknowledging other people's creativity. And so, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, a journey. This is an extension of the give me my flowers journey, you know, and it really, and it really taught me a lot about myself. And I think that, you know, when it comes to business and when it comes to um, what success in business is, I think that um, this journey taught me to be a lot more, it taught me how to be more supportive of the people around me. I thought I was do, being a great supporter, right? I thought like, I'm reposting, I'm spending my little coin when I got it. And, you know, it, ter- it taught me about the different levels of support and how to be supportive of other people and how other people show support of me are going to be different. Some people bought my book flat out. They bought three, four copies. Other people reposted my stuff every day for a week. Other people like, you know, sent me $10 on Snapchat, I mean Snapchat, on Cash App, and we're like, whatever you need this for, use it, right? And so it taught me a lot about support and how everyone's support is going to look differently. And I think that as a society, it's like, if you're not posting me or if you're not being supportive of me on the public platform, then you're not being supportive. When in reality, people's support are different. I had a friend randomly in the middle of the night one night sent me a cash up for a hundred dollars and was like, whatever it is you need for your business, buy it. And I was like, Oh, had never posted my book. Like he bought a book, but he had never posted my book. He had never, and I didn't feel any type of way about it, but it just teaches, it taught me a lot about what support can be and you know, how you respect different people's levels of support. So I'm hearing a couple things. Number one, you had to give yourself your own flowers. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Hello. So that's number one, because you were out there, you like, maybe, you know, just throw this out here, this little dandelion and blow this over here, but you had to give yourself your own flowers. So I'm glad that that sunk in. And now you're giving yourself all the flowers. You're planting the seeds, you're growing them, you're picking them, putting them in the kitchen, all of that. Because so who, who am I to demand, not demand, but who am I to like encourage other women to, you know, get their flowers and to say, give me my flowers. If I'm not learning with, I'm learning alongside other women about what, it, how hard it is sometimes, mm-hmm. but how necessary it is to demand the things in life that you deserve. Yeah. And I think even though it was a slip for you to say demand, I think it is demand because oftentimes as black women, we say, oh, we ask permission. Can you mm-hmm. do this for me? Can you do this? It's like, nah, bruh, mm-hmm. what you about to do? 
Because you wouldn't <laughs> have had this if it wasn't for me. So back up. <laughs> I would honestly say demand for me wasn't even a slip up because I had to learn that demanding the things that I deserve was a part of this journey. And that's from everyone, from myself, from my family, from, you know, love, like, you know, loved interests from friends. And, and so it's just like, it is a demand. And sometimes when, as a black woman, you say I'm demanding, it sounds rough and it sounds hard. And it sounds, you know, all these different things that people will project on you in reality, everyone has the right to demand the things that they deserve. So why is it that because I'm a woman of, I'm a black woman, it's, it's, it's given this abrasive edge no, that's not fair. People in in the workplace, people in business every day demand what it is that they feel like they're worth. They they set their prices, they make their demands, they say what it is that they you're going to pay them for, you know, for their efforts. All these different things, they're all demands. Why is it that with 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 a with the demand of a black woman comes this 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 edge that, you know, is unfair. And so, you know, I had to learn and so I'm encouraging because I'm learning and have learned how important that is. Yeah. So you're talking to yourself and encouraging yourself oh, as you're encouraging other people. Mm-hmm. What are some challenges? Because you talked about some things just turned around and kind of making those pivots. What are some challenges that you have turned into opportunities My during entire- this journey? <laughs> My entire life. Um, to, be, to, be, to, to be more specific. Um, I think that like, you know, even in my poetry, I think um, everything is inspired by a, a moment in my life or an interaction in my life or a person in my life. And then when it came to like the actual process of public publishing a book, like self-publishing a book, so many things happened, right? You know, the person that made the cover for my book was a really dear friend of mine. And, you know, and, you know, I waited and waited and waited and waited and they put me on the back burner and they, and you know, that's what they do for a living graphic design. And they kind of put me on the back burner. They were doing me a favor by doing it. Right. And so it's like, I was in this place where it's like, I had to be patient because it was a favor. I was still paying, but like, you know, I wasn't paying quite as much as like, you know, uh, another person might pay. And so like, you know, I waited and waited, pushed back, pushed back. I pushed back my release date literally like three times waiting on this person. Like I had done everything else. I had edited 10 million, 10 million times. I had re, re, you know, re, re, rewritten, added stuff, taking things out. I was doing all the work and I was being patient because I wanted to be, you know, humble in this moment because like she didn't have to do anything, but she, and she offered, you know, she offered to do this favor for me. And when it came to it, it came to a head and I was like, you know, I've been waiting and I've been patient and I respect your time and I respect the fact that you did me a favor, but what's up? And it just didn't end well. Like we're not friends anymore, but I think we have a better understanding of each other. And I think that that taught me a lesson. You know, I wanted my book to be, I wanted it to be just a a reflection of all the people, all the amazing people in my life, right? I have a graphic designer friend. I'm going to choose my graphic design friend to do my my cover. I have a person that does, you know, that that, that was an English major. She's an English professor. I'm going to have her like, you know, edit my book, like all these different people. So I, when I looked at my book, it looked like to me a community project. It looked like, you know, a, a reflection of my life and my friends. And I want, and of course, wanted to give credit and like, you know, all these things, shout out to all these people who supported me. But when it came down to it, I had to do what I had to do. (laughs) And so, you know, I kind of had to like, you know, move forward. Um, And like, you know, the cover, my cover ended up being really beautiful. 
And like, I'm just really grateful for the experience, but it taught me a lesson. Like everyone can't go all the time. Everyone can't go. And, and it sounds a little, a little like, you know, a little mean, but sometimes you have to make decisions that will best benefit your dreams and your goals. Yeah. It's everyone can't go, but also I think it's like, maybe things should have come to a head sooner and like, Hey, I have this deadline. This is the things I'm expecting. And so it's, it it connects back to that support piece you mentioned around people are going to support in different ways. And so like, if your support is like, you're holding me up, like we got to figure out what that looks like, but really being intentional about when you're bringing people into your work, especially your baby, it has to be like, we have a timeline. I'm open. I'm flexible, but also I got to get this thing out the door. Yeah. And I think that was another experience where I had to kind of like, you know, demand my flowers. Like, you know, I had to kind of say like, you know, this is something that's important to me. And if it's not something that like, you know, is important to you, that's okay. But I have to move in a different direction. And so it's kind of a point where like, you know, because she was a friend, I was hesitant to kind of put pressure on her. And because she was doing a favor for me, I was hesitant and I was hesitant. But in reality, I, you know, she made the offer, you know, to, to create my cover. After I kind of just expressed that, I was like, yeah, like, you know, I want to, you know, I want to find somebody that, you know, can create my cover. I was like, can you do it? And at first she was like, no, I'll charge like a whole bunch of money. I was like, well, I don't have that. I was like, so like, you know, if you know someone that's a little cheaper, you're like, you know, a little cheaper, like I still want to pay. And then she came back. She's like, well, I'll do it for this amount. And so like, you know, and so I had to realize like, you know, even if someone's doing a favor for you and even if someone is your friend, you still have to have a standard of the expectation because like if that if the tables were turned I would have never pushed it pushed it pushed it and if I needed to push it the communication would have been so different I would say hey like you know I'm unable to do it at this moment can you give me an extra day or two it literally would be like the deadline for the first the first deadline would come up and I'm like hey I'm checking in oh no I need two more weeks and then another deadline would come up oh I need another month and I'm just like but you're not saying anything and like you know and and we're communicating in between because we're friends and so I'm like, you know, in that time I'm checking in, like, you know, is everything good? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the time comes to produce, you kind of put me on the back burner and that's okay. Like, it's okay. It doesn't have to be, this is my baby. I was going to make it happen hella high water, right? <laughs> yeah, that piece around communication and just like transparency, it all like, it all connects. Yeah. Um, so... What words of advice would you give to your younger baddie self? So thinking about Zoe, December 1, 2020, if you had to reflect to like Zoe 2019, Zoe 2018, and thinking about all the things you've learned up until this point with There She Pros, what are some words of advice that you would give to your younger baddie self? Ooh, (laughs) there's so many. Um, I would say... Um, you don't have to give all of yourself to, to, to love someone. And when I say, when I say that, that goes for everyone in my life. I'm an, I'm just a giver. I'm an empath. I'm a person that, you know, love knows no boundaries, right? If I love you and I care about you, I'll drive to Alaska, right? How possible is that? Right. But I'm going to make a way, I'm going to make a way because I care about you. And so I think that, you know, in the last year, very, you know, very specifically, I learned a lot about boundaries and how with boundaries, you know, self-love, establishing boundaries is a part of self-love. And it's a part of pouring into your own cup first and then 
<clears throat> and then sharing what's what's left over for everyone else. And that's a concept that's so been so hard for me to, to you know, to people have said it to me my whole life, like, girl, focus on yourself. Do do what you got to do, like handle your business, you know, you'll uh, right. But I'm just like, but no, I care. I love these people. Like, you know, that goes to family, friends, you know, significant others. And I think, you know, I'm not I'm not sure where I saw it. I'm pretty sure it's like Ayana Van Zandt, I'm sure. She said, <laughs> she's like, you know, everything in the cup is for me and everything that spills over is for everyone else. And so, you know, just, just keeping that mindset of, of a full cup is the best way that I can serve others because that's a part of who I am too. Service to others and taking care of others and just being a nurturer is a part of me. So to not be able to do that is also depriving me of, you know, what is innately me. So the best way to do that and the healthiest way to do that is to make sure that I'm nourished and I'm replenished and I'm taken care of so that I can do the best job of nourishing and replenishing and taking care of other people. So I would tell young baddie Zoe, girl, (laughs) take care of yourself. That's the only way you'll ever be able to take care of other people. I love it. And you also need that water so your flowers can grow so you can give them back to yourself. Exactly. Right. I can't be watering your your plants and your flowers and I'm dying over here. Right. You know, and it's very metaphorical. I got into like, you know, in this past year in the pandemic time, I really got into being a plant mama. Right. And so like, you know, and I think it was really just, you know, symbolic of my growth as a person, like all of these plants started off really small and, and it was a challenge to myself. Like I had had plants before, but I killed them all. And I think that, you know, because I've been able to keep them alive and make them grow and they're thriving, I think it's really reflective of where I am in my life. You know, I'm taking care of me. I'm, you know, I'm prioritizing myself. I'm feeding my soul. I'm feeding my spirit. I'm feeling like, you know, honoring my emotions. I'm taking the time that I need. I'm, I'm sleeping sometimes, you know, not really. You know, that's another, that's another thing that I'm working on, just getting more rest and stuff like that. But I think that the way that my plants have grown are a reflection of how I've grown. I'm healthy. So they're healthy. They're healthy because I'm healthy. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's symbolic. And so I have plants everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> all, the, all the plants. I got some plants over there as well. Um, in an apartment. And all the oxygen. So where do you aspire for There She Pros to be in the next two to three years? We're going to manifest some stuff right now. And how might the community of baddies help you get there starting from the moment they hit play on this episode? I kind of want to become a household name in poetry. Um, I have many collections under my belt. It's all about timing. I've been writing for years. And so I want baddies to follow my journey on Instagram there she dot pros, T-H-E-R-E-S-H-E dot P-R-O-S-E and grow with me. You know, I have a following of about seven, 700 and something. And I want to keep growing because I think the words that I share are so relatable. They're so real. They're so wrong. They're coming from, you know, a really honest place. And I think every woman should have a space where she can see herself, you know, in, in what's in what's in the atmosphere. And so follow me follow my poetry, you know, give me my flowers is available <clears throat> on Amazon. You know, it's it's still available on Amazon and I'm working on, you know, becoming the wholesaler <laughs> for my own book, being able to sell directly from my home. So that's another big goal for me. And where I see uh, There She Pros in the next few years is I want to walk down the street and see someone wearing my shirt. 
I want to see it. And I, I want it to be so, you know, so influential and so popular and so important to men and women that, you know, seeing it walking, seeing like a There She Pros shirt or a Give Me My Flowers shirt won't be strange. I'm like, oh, okay, another person rocking my gear. You better tell them, give you your flowers. Like, yes. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see the world demanding what they deserve. And especially starting with women and especially starting with Black women. I want my sisters, my baddies across the globe to demand what they deserve. And it starts with, you know, being open about it. Give me my flowers, okay? Give me what I deserve right now. And don't wait until after when I can't smell them, when I can't feel them, when I can't appreciate them. Okay. That's good. So demand it. Um, Baddies, just want you to know we're putting it all out there. So follow. I'm going to put all of that in the description of this episode so they can find you easily. Click, follow, repost, all the things. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, So usually I do a closing baddie tweet, but since I have um, a wonderful poet here, I would love if you could leave us with a closing baddie poem. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a whole poem, but just leave us with some words. Oh my goodness. I would love to read a poem for my book, but that's okay. And I don't know why I feel kind of drawn to share this poem specifically, but here it is. It's called My Body. My Body. I love her, but only when she makes me look good for company. I've welcomed less than men to greet her, knowing they were unworthy. I've offered up her most valuable possessions for little, for little or nothing in return. She's felt the burn of rejection from not only others, but for me, I adorn her. I dress her up in all the things meant to make her desirable. And when all else fails, I hide her between layers of insecurity and judgment and comparison. I depend on her. I ridicule her. I shame her. I blame her. I call her names. I defame her. I've tried to silence her, but she carries the scars, bruise, bruises, bumps, and hum- Ooh, bruises, bumps, and lumps of our tumultuous relationship proudly. I treat her as if she's replaceable. I feed her poison and then complain when she is sick. Ain't that some shit? I shower her in fake love and false confidence, hoping that she'd catch on, all to no avail. We've had a lot of ups and downs together. We've weathered plenty bad weather together. And and although I've been selfish and unkind and I don't deserve anything as forgiving as her, she's still mine. Baddies, friends, thank you for joining another episode of Baddies with Business. For more details about today's feature baddie, check out the episode description box. I have included her um, social media accounts and also ways that you can stay up to date on all things Baddies with Business. If you're a baddie with a business or aspiring business and want to chat, I want to hear from you. You can contact me at baddieswithbusiness at gmail.com. If you want to support Baddies with Business and join the growing community of friends, consider joining the Baddies with Business Patreon community. The link for that is also in the description box. In closing, here's a word from the Lord, Audre Lord. When we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcome. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak. Be bad. Be bold. 
Be a baddie.